0: You are listening to Cracking the Rich Code with Miss Mary Lee, your insiders' club from authors and entrepreneurs across the country, giving us their best to help us crack the rich code. And now, here is Miss Mary Lee.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Cracking the Rich Code. I am Miss Mary Lee. Today, my guest is Jeffrey Mack. Uh, he is uh, his chapter is failure. Is part of the process. And I really enjoyed his, his whole chapter because, um, well, I'm not going to give it away. But let me tell you a little bit about Jeff. He's a leader in direct sales. He has exceeded $250 million. That, that is a wow in direct sales. It's very, very impressive. He was named the most valuable leader and served on advisory boards from several large companies. Um, in his 20 plus years as a uh, leader in the field, uh, he formed global growth consultants. He is highly sought after as a speaker and a trainer, and he's known for his humility, his down to earth style, professionalism, and his ability to connect with his audience. And I'm really excited to have this conversation. Jeff, are you there?
0: I'm here, Mary Lee. And thanks for having me on.
1: No, you're so welcome. Uh, Let's get started. First of all, what prompted you to name it failure as part of the process?
0: Well, uh, you know, it's funny because I, I wrote the chapter and kind of cleansed myself of all these things that have been – I've been kind of holding inside for for a few years, um, and, and I had no idea about the title once it was done. And as I read it and I looked at it, I was like, you know, every entrepreneur <laughs> – uh, has some kind of failure in their past and whether it's, it's you, you fail many times and then succeed like Abraham Lincoln or Edison or, or whether things kind of come easy to you and, and then you have this cathartic meltdown and, and, then, and then you reinvent, you know, somewhere that, that you know, to, to really be, I think, not, not a complete entrepreneur, but just a complete person. You, you got to go uh-huh. through some of those things that cause you to ask yourself uh, tough questions, to, to self-examine, to peel back the layers of, of you know your own personality and your own your own self, and uh, in, in, you know and really address those things that aren't so pretty that people don't talk about but that that need to be worked on. And and so you know I thought, well, you know what, it makes really really sense. It is part of the process, and so that's that's why I named it. So. Yeah.
1: Okay, let me tell you how this hits me right now because okay, first of all, as a writer, that is so important because not only in a chapter but in a book, you know, people think you know feel that they have a book in them, but they have no idea where to start, what you know, how to get going, what the title is going to be. They get stuck on on, on little things that are insignificant, and then it comes to you later, and that is so important for an entrepreneur, a budding author, to know that. Don't worry about things like the title. Just start writing. It'll come to you. The same with if you're going to write your whole book. You know, people say, well, i got to write the intro, and I don't really know what I'm going to say. Don't write the intro yet. Just start writing the body. It'll come to you. That That's a great lesson what you just shared with me. The other part in what you just said reminds me of being a parent. So you're talking about all these failures that we have to go through, right, to to find out who we are and mm-hmm. – my heart, I was thinking to myself, you know what, not only do we have to do that for ourselves, but as a parent, we have to watch our child go through that. That's hard, but we have to understand that's who they are. They have to go through that. It was, it was a beautiful lesson for me, what you just said. It's important to know that you, it's, you're you not the only one going through it. As a parent, you got to back off and let your child go through it, too, find themselves. It's hard. <laughs> Yeah, it, it,
0: it is It is difficult, and, you know, being, being watching my uh, soon-to-be five-year-old kind of develop and grow, you know, I want to put her in this bubble, right, and, and protect yeah. her from everything, but you just can't, because if you do, you know, it's not fair to them, right? They can't be complete. They can't learn their lessons. I mean, you know, it's just like, as you mentioned, having a kid itself, you don't, Understand anything about it, people can tell you about it all day long, but until you go through it yourself, right. there's just no way right yeah.
1: you know, and I can imagine, okay, so your daughter is five, right?
0: Five? She'll be next or month four.
1: oh and no, it will be next month okay she'd, she'd be five, yeah. um, so that's wonderful, so with all of your expertise, and we're going to continue to talk about your expertise, but with all your expertise and know- how and your failures and your successes, it's like you've already walked this road. It is so difficult to hold your tongue <laughs> and say, "Okay, honey," mm-hmm. and and allow them to trip and fall and get up and ask for guidance. Ask for guidance. This is going to be really tough. I, I, I say this because I have four kids of my own, and, um, and my daughter's eighteen. I have a four, and my oldest is twenty seven. So I understand this whole process a little bit further down the road. Is she your only child?
0: She's my only child. Yep.
1: Yeah, so so, <laughs> so with all this experience you have, I'm looking at it going, wow, this is incredible. Um, let's move on to, in, in your chapter, you're talking about what rich means. Do you remember that? You said mm-hmm. rich means you call the shots in life, and in order to do that, you have to be the boss, not have a boss. Yep. Let's talk about that for a minute.
0: To be the boss. yeah well you know yeah it it's, it's, it's interesting because not everybody and, and you know if you're if you're a fan at all of, of, of Gary Vaynerchuk you know he says this a lot not everybody is cut out to be an entrepreneur and it's and it's okay right yeah. it's okay mm-hmm. if you're if you're not cut out to be an entrepreneur not everybody is but if you are you know you 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 everything rises and falls. With you, and and the reason that people aren't cut out to be entrepreneurs, is science has proven over and over again that that nearly ninety five percent of people in the world cannot operate without written or oral instruction. And yes. being an entrepreneur is like is like getting you know a piece of furniture from IKEA with no instructions or tools. You know, I mean, you got to be a problem solver. You got to figure right. it out. You got to be self motivated, and you can't, you can't, if you're a perfectionist. You know, you can. It's okay to kind of for a minute, or even a second, you know, beat yourself up, but take a break, and you got to get back at it. You can't be a self defeated, you know, blob mm-hmm. either. And so, um, and so that's mm-hmm. what that's what being an entrepreneur means, and being the boss. Right. I mean, if you, if you really want to have, you know, complete control over your schedule, over your time, over, you know, what you do and, and, and whether you're making, you know, $10 million a year or a $1 million a year or $50,000 a year, you know, more and more people today, the definition of success is being able to, you know, just master their own schedules. If, if you're going to do that, then you've got to be the guy or girl calling the shots. Uh, and 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 whether that's a self, sole proprietor, whether it's in direct sales, whether it's as a retailer uh or, or whatever you know you you've just got to be the person to do that to 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 take control, and with that comes great responsibility. Sorry for the diatribe oh.
1: no no, no, great responsibility is absolutely correct but what i I love about that is um mastering your schedule that's tough. How
0: about that for a minute? Oh my God! Well, it is tough, and and first off, you have to learn if you haven't already. You have to learn to be structured, right? Uh, and being structured means if you want to get the most out of your day, you got to plan at least part of your day. And and you know, people have all these different kind of fancy planners. I use my iCal calendars. All I use, and I and I plan things that I can plan. And I leave time for what I call chaos time, you know, when, when I'm returning phone calls and emails and, and all of that stuff. But then your day and your structure starts really before you go to bed the night before. And this is the thing that as a young man, which I'm not anymore, uh, as, a, as a young man, you know, I would, I would, you know, do work, and then I would go out and socialize, and it would be very late. I wouldn't get a lot of sleep, and i wake up the next day and not feel the greatest. As a, let's just call it more mature uh, male, um, you know, I'm in bed early. And then I read a book by Robin Sharma called The 5 a.m. Club that totally changed the way I look at my morning. And so I get up, I'm, I, you know, I get up, I read, uh, I work out. Uh, I, I, uh, I plan my day, uh, and I accomplish a, a little bit of, you know, uh, task management. And this is all before 8 in the morning. And so by the time I get to my desk at 8.30, uh, you know, I've, I've got my day structured. I know what I'm doing. I know what's got to be done today. And, and those are the things that maybe it comes naturally to you. It, it did it to me. Uh, and it took me kind of years to to get to a point where I felt like I'm maximally productive, but now I feel like I milk more out of a day than I used to in about three or four days. hmm
1: That's you know that's a great tip, very great tip. I think, and I'm listening to you as a woman listening to a man. Men are structured, but they're they don't multitask too much. Like women are are huge multitaskers, you know, and and it's like,
0: how do you
1: block out everything to just focus on the one thing? That really takes some polishing, <laughs> you well, know. I, and I haven't
0: mastered that either, Mary Lee. I mean, I, I, I'm yeah. a, I'm one of the world's great multitaskers. I, I do have to I do have to um, kind of fight with my own self and, and employ a little bit of discipline to you know. Put the phone away. I mean, the one thing, for example, right. that it that it took me years to do was to do what I needed to do in the morning for my personal routine and not pick up my phone and look at text messages, you know, until, right. you know, after my workout or on the way to the gym.
1: Uh, otherwise, right.
0: you know, you just get caught up in stress management. So that happens a lot. I That's a, that's a doggone, that's a daily battle. <laughs> mm-hmm. For, for anybody, yeah, but I like what you're saying, though, that's for
1: sure. <clears throat> hmm Yeah. Um, you know, even with that, just just like the social media thing or your text messages and to be diligent about you want to get something done, then you can't have time wasters pulling at you. And, you know, social media is a big one because we're so used to interacting with people in that world that it can become your world. And then you realize, what the heck am I I'm doing? There's, there's other things that I need to be doing in real
0: life. <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, you know, that's um this whole thing with our phone and applications and being able to be, you know, available constantly all the time. We don't have time to ourselves anymore to really focus on things and i think as like to be an entrepreneur you really have to focus on the thing that you're trying to accomplish you know like just like if you had a sculpture i guess if you had a sculpture and you wanted to sculpt that you can't be taking calls and texts and and facebooking and running that you got to just sit there and start carving
0: right yeah no that's that's very that's very true and the one the one thing i think more than um more than than you know, kind of taking away your focus from doing the things that you need to do at hand. That just "quote unquote" busyness, and and I forget who said it, but 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 somebody famous and smart and wise said, "Busy is the new stupid." So so that focus right. on business yeah. is is robs your imagination. And yeah, I was stuck in that, and I still get stuck in that. But but you know that time to meditate and think in quiet time, even if it's just ten minutes a day, uh, is so important and it's so hard to do. But you got to exercise your discipline muscle and make yourself do it, uh, and and exercise your imagination. Otherwise, you know there's just a whole world of possibilities out there that you never even think of or get to.
1: Hmm. Yeah, these are great, great tips. I think just even, I mean, just for everybody, whether you're going to be an entrepreneur, or if you're, you know, if you go to a job, it doesn't matter. But the thing is, if you want to accomplish something, we have to really be diligent in our schedule, like what's, what's taking our time, the things that matter or not matter. In, in your chapter, you're talking about your relationships, you know, how in the the beginning, you took those relationships for granted. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I wanna I wanna expand on that a little bit because there's a lot of there's a lot of what I call relationship abuse that you have to fight. Number one is when you're when you're young and immature like I was, you know, you tend to think the world revolves around you and so you don't know, you know, honor the relationship as you should, and as you will wish you had later in life, with people like your family or your spouse or significant other, uh, and, and even in some cases, you know, with kids. I'm I'm fortunate to myself that I was a, a an older I'm an older dad. Uh, my, I have my daughter. I was 50. Uh, and and uh, you know, had I had her when I was thirty, and on this real hot and heavy pursuit of success, I probably would have felt guilty about uh, you know neglecting that relationship as well. So that's one part of relationship abuse. Another part of relationship abuse is your is that is you know typically I was I was not cognizant of, and it slips by most people a lot of times, is your coworkers. Um, and and those and I talk about a little bit of this in my chapter of the book. Not just the people that you work with, but your, your vendors or your team or, you know, that core group of people that helps you accomplish what you can accomplish. And you've got to honor those people and, and let them know, you know, that you're thinking about them on something as significant as putting, you know, their birthday in your calendar with a reminder a couple days ahead of time. So mm-hmm. you can send them an email, get them a present, get them a card. Hey, listen, I got my wedding anniversary, and I got my wife's birthday, and my calendar, which appreciate it was, but, you know, <laughs> the things that are important to you uh, in, in relationships are, you know, the way, the way that you manage your relationships in large measure, um, you know, make a big difference in your life and your professional success. That's something, Mary Lee, that I, I also didn't really get until I learned the hard way and mm-hmm. and I don't want people to, have to go through that pain that I went through. Yeah. Right.
1: Yep. That is so true. Everything, all of our success in life depends on the relationships we keep period. And uh, we see people just, you know, striving for the money, trying to get the money, get the money to stay afloat, whatever, but you, but you're not you're you're just um basically moving through people without ever really getting to to bond and to really know what their their skill sets are their dreams are you know if you're on the same page everybody just looks like a dollar and that is so unfortunate you know we we can't live like that that's not what makes life worth living it's literally the coming together and um understanding like we're just human like the beginning of our conversation you know it's hard it's very difficult to be an entrepreneur there's it's very very um dirty very difficult you know arduous before it ever gets to be glamorous and easy and when people start to feel that that hard difficult you know pull unfortunately relationships die with it you forget about the people because the money's not there. That's unfortunate because you don't realize you to start over again. You got to keep starting over again.
0: Mm-hmm. So you can't just
1: keep starting over again. You got to hold on, right?
0: Well, one hundred percent. And I'll tell you, just from a pure—I mean, if you if you if this doesn't motivate you to to, to be, uh, you know, more aware, more cognizant of relationships, just from a pure financial point of view. I can tell you that I do the vast majority of my business today in my business with relationships that I created years earlier. And you never know where, there's a go- where they're going to lead. It could be in sure. your chosen field of endeavor at that time, or it could be other opportunities down the road. And and, and it, it, people – the connections – that you make and the connections that each of those people have are all everybody wants to do business with people that they like. Nobody wants to do business with people that they don't like, but everybody wants to do business with people that they like. And whether they do business with you or whether they bring referrals to you or whether they just connect you with somebody else that, uh, you know, that, that, that you, know, you have mutual interest in or in the same industry, what have you, um, the, the, the number one tip I can give any person in business today is be cognizant of your relationships and always be open to where things could go. I don't necessarily mean wasting time all the time, but definitely, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just, just, just honor those relationships and, and reduce the friction of life by smiling mm-hmm. Being friendly, right? Uh, sending somebody right. a card or a note or a text message. You just, it's, you just never know where those things could take you in the future. It's so true,
1: you know. And I mean, that is consideration what you're talking about with just those few examples. But honoring our relationships, it really does come down to um, to having integrity in that relationship. You know, to being somebody that you can count on. To keep their word and to to not um, betray you, <laughs> especially. I mean, well, and all you know. I was gonna say, especially in business, but no, it's in all walks of life. I mean, you you wouldn't marry somebody that you didn't trust, I would hope. And um, right. you know, it's the same in business. Why would you marry somebody in business who so is somebody that you don't trust? This is where our, the value of ourself comes in. Because now somebody's going to perceive you as trustworthy, likable, um, easy to get along with. I like you. I want to do this with you. I want to succeed.
0: That's how you build your tribe. When, you know, when you think about it when you think about it, people need to interact with other people. And you look at I mean I, I live in I live in what would be considered a relatively small town. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. gotten bigger. It was right outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. And even in a town like Charlotte with a big spread out area, everybody, people are moving back into the center city to be around other people. It's not just for the convenience of having a convenience store or a restaurant in your building, but it's about being around other people. And and we as human beings are so um, – you know, so energy driven and not just the energy, you know, between people, but the energy in ourselves within, you know, within our own bodies and then connecting with people that have the same energy. It's just an Mm -hmm. innate need that we have. And when you um, open yourself up to that possibility in, uh, and, and and you know, what it could really mean. It's a, it's a whole new world. And I can tell you, I spent half of my professional career when I wasn't traveling, I was hunkered down behind my computer with a freaking phone in my ear. And that's all I did. I almost never left the house for a wow. time because I was just working, 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 working. And, yes. and I wasn't, I mean, I didn't know it then, but I was miserable, you know? And, and yeah. it's just, uh, it's just, these are all things that sound so maybe, maybe you Mary Lee, for example so simple. You know, it's people people that get that or they get that earlier in life. But for me, um, who was just purely success driven earlier part of my life, um, it's just like a totally different world. And I feel like I'm I'm this little. I kind of feel like uh, um, you know Will Ferrell's uh, character in Elf. You know, it's just like everything's new to me now, uh, and mm-hmm. it's, it's wonderful
1: actually. Right, right. You know, but it's it's really a profound thing that you're saying because I, I believe that the listeners will be able to resonate with that and say, yeah, I'm just so focused on that success. You know, I, I will get there, I will get there, I will get there. And, and you're just devoting so much time to being a recluse in, in hopes of getting there. right? And, and you're missing out on life. This is, right. I mean, I, I know that I can definitely relate to that. Definitely. I give a lot of my time. And um, you know, and and all it takes is really a, a mind shift. You know, what am I doing? That's it, <laughs> right? Yep, what do I need to it. shift my Absolutely. mind to? Tell us, Jeff. How do I shift my mind?
0: Well, you know, I, I think first off, you 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 got to be open to the fact that you don't have all the answers, right? And mm. and and for me, that took a little time, right? Is a is a as a young uh, entrepreneur, highly driven, uh, achieving a, a relatively you know, significant amount of success earlier in my life, it was very easy for me to, to, uh, to, to think that it was all about me, right, and I had arrived. And, and it's just not true. And so things happen to different people at different times. Uh, but it's all for the same reason. It's for their greater good. And for me, mm. my mind shift mainly came when, you know I, I and I, I wrote about this you know in my chapter, is that is that you know, I, I got to a point where, like I said earlier in our conversation, that I had to ask myself some questions and look at some common denominators. and and that led me back to something I did earlier in my career, which was seek to learn. And I, uh-huh. I went back and started reading, and I went back and started, you know, the growth process all over again. Because literally, you know, if, if you continue your growth process of learning, you know, let's just say you read a book a month, you know, amazing over the course of 10 years, for example, how much you have learned. I mean, that's 120 bucks. I mean, that's more than probably what you covered, you know, with with a college degree. Uh, and and so, but if you don't do that, it just works in reverse. And mm-hmm. and if you're not growing, you're dying. And I was just slowly dying, thinking that I was great and life was all about me. But I was going backwards, mm-hmm. and so. So you know, finally it got to a point where where I had to I had to ask myself some tough questions. I started the growing process again, and eureka! You know, I was I was first, first I was happier, and and mm-hmm. I was happier because I was more grateful, right? And and I focused yes. more on the wonderful things I had in my life than the things I didn't have or, or you know, the 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 guy over here or the speaker over here or whatever that you know that had what I wanna had and they weren't any better than me and why was it you know, why why was he so lucky in me? You know, you focus on those negative things. Well, no, I I, I became grateful and and then, you know, I felt better and then I yearned to read more and then the learning and growing process happened again. And, and, you know, and so that's, that's the way it evolved for me. It's different, I'm sure, for different people, but that's what happened with me.
1: Mm-hmm. Nope. You know what? I love that about your, your chapter when you were talking about gratitude and love. I was like, oh, what a beautiful shift this is. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. hmm. Because it's like you're talking about struggle, 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 but then love came into your life. And what happened when love came into your life?
0: Well, you know, um, the gratitude, exactly. The the, the gratitude, and I started to actually love myself, right, again. Yeah. Uh, And, and, you know, it was kind of like if you just can envision a time-lapse, you know, photo that sounds really corny of a flower blooming, that's kind of like I came into my springtime and, and, you know, I started to open up. And, then, you know, mm-hmm. it just continued to feed on itself. And it was this wonderfully beautiful thing that, um, you know, that that had been happening to me and, frankly, happened my entire life. I just didn't notice it for most of my adult life.
1: Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Um, you've said in here that um, you said, Granted, it's a daily struggle, but the difference gratitude and happiness makes in our lives can't be overstated. It, says, it does, however, need to be experienced to be really understood. Yeah, it has to be experienced yep. to really be understood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That resonates 100%. When you, when you, 100% you, know, when with you me. hear
0: people, when you hear people, Mary Lee, and maybe you've had this. Experience, maybe those are listening, you've had this experience. When you hear people talking about gratitude, and when I heard people talking about gratitude, you know, really kind of before it became, you know, kind of a catchphrase, Mm -hmm. if you will, uh, Mm -hmm. you you just don't really think about it. You think, okay, grateful, you know, I, I, I was hungry you know, I, I ate some food right. and now I'm thankful that simple I'm full, Right. I mean it's sure. something really basic, simple, exactly. Right. But but when you when you focus on the things that that um you, you know that that you didn't even think about before but that are truly blessings. So the fact that you're able to have that meal because you can afford to pay for it right and mm-hmm. and you can afford to sit down and have a meal and wash it down with clean water when so many people in the world don't um, right. just just the very mm-hmm. recognition of that fact kind of ch- really changes your whole physiology when you feel it so when you feel it you know and and when you do feel it you know then then you know you can you can kind of you appreciate everything else around you, even, even the not-so-great things, because I've lived enough life to know that not-so-great things also happen for a reason. And when you look back at them in hindsight, it becomes very, very clear as to why those things happened, and it's great that they did, not, not so much mm-hmm. at the time. But, but down the road, you know, you, you understand. And right. So, you know, right. just, just the gratitude for the experience, the, the, the ability, the gratitude for the ability to feel, the gratitude for the ability to, to, to you know, make different decisions uh, and to actually follow through and make those different decisions. Then, then when you get to that point, then you realize that you are totally in control of your destiny, not in control of the weather, totally. not in control mm. of, of, you know, whether, whether some, you know, you know, idiot runs into your car or whatever. That's a bad word. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to use that word, but, but anyway, you know, not in control of those <laughs> things, but in control of the bigger picture of designing your life. And, and that's what mm-hmm. I went going back to, what I wrote about in the beginning or alluded to in the beginning of the chapter and earlier in this conversation, going back to your imagination, the one thing that most people, many people anyway, uh, don't apply their imagination to is where they want to be in 10 years. And your know, 10 years is going to go by yes. in a blink, of, a, oh, in my a gosh, blink yes. of an eye. And you're either going to waste that time or you're going to invest it. And if you're going to invest it, then, figure out what you want that outcome to be, and really get intentional and get clear because not until you do that can you make the right kind of decisions with how to spend your time during those times that you have uh the cog- you know you you're making a cognitive yep. decision of how you're going to spend your time true
1: and, and and you won't be able to um recognize when the right opportunities come along. To support that vision, and you just won't know oh, yeah. because you don't have a vision. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking on the top of uh, topic of gratitude. Simple things like, you know, when when you're driving, you're gonna you're finding a parking space and there's no place to park, but there's the handicap parking that's open, and you think you're gonna park there for just a few minutes to go in, and it's like no. A lot of people think it's okay. I'm just gonna do that real quick. No, 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 no. You should be thankful. I feel thankful that I don't need that. I am grateful to park anywhere else, even if it's way far away that I have to walk into the store. I'm grateful I don't need that. Um, somebody who's asking for money on the corner. Instead of judging that person you know, and, and, and judging what they're going to do with the money, be grateful that you're able to give and you're not on the other side asking. And there's so many ways to be grateful in life for where we're at. You know, I'm grateful that I can walk to the store and people can't. Just those simple things that we take for granted. And so if you you have all of these things about you that you, you are able and capable of, it's only your mind that's holding you back. It's only your mind of, I can't do it. I have these limitations. I have these excuses. And your lack of gratitude for what is that's holding you back from that vision of getting what you want. That's, um, that's what Mainly I got from, I wanna, from I your wanna, chapter. I, hmm.
0: I want to add to Go something ahead. you said earlier as it relates to, you know, this topic and writing, you, you brought it up, you know, to kind of people thinking about, you know, writing or starting to write a book. And that, that's yeah. indeed what happened to me here because I have had all these thoughts over the years about writing a book and I just, you know, um never never thought about it. You know, I've written a couple chapters and books over the years, but it was all very technical stuff, right? Very tactical stuff. And this mm-hmm. this this kind of writing for me for this chapter, like Crack and the Rich Code Volume Two, was very different for me because I would have never explored my own feelings and emotions earlier in life right and so kind of mm. we've got a little bit flowery in this conversation so for uh, it's okay for me but but for those of you listening <laughs> just understand that that that, that you know this, this is kind of an awakening for me but but the one thing I want you to do if you're one of those beginning right beginner writers is just take 10 minutes turn your phone off do it early in the morning when it's quiet and dark, and just write, and just journal. And you'll be amazed, like I was amazed, at how things just start to flow. And they flow out of your body, they flow on paper, and they could be just random musings, but get them down, and then you'll find at some point in time how they fit together, even if it's just a book of short stories. but more than likely, you know, you got something to say from what you've experienced and what you're feeling. And if you, if you get in a place, you know, where it's quiet and, and you just let your mind go, um, it'll, it'll get to paper. And yeah. 10 minutes will go by and you wish you had another 10 or 20. And then that's how oh, you yeah. get started. But, but until you get started – you know you won't get there, but you won't but but you, but you got to get started to get there,
1: mhm, yeah, I think the um what happens with the creative uh, juice of flowing is the excuses I, I call it like the devil gets in, your ego gets in. I don't have a title. I don't know what I would call it. Well, what would I write about? Well, you know i don't it's like there's there's no understand it's like no no, no, the spirit will come through you. If you just start writing, there's a thing called editing, <laughs> right? you know, <laughs> and so you can cut the fat later all the things that you don't like, that you don't need and start polishing and polishing your, your masterpiece. This is how we get started. It's like just, and, and when you start to write that book, it's just between you and the paper. Nobody's looking anyway. So if it's not good, throw it away, but do it again. You know what I'm saying? It's like just get Absolutely. it out. Allow it to flow. Yeah. And um, I it, there's something so gratifying to read it back later. Have you done that? Have you read your own chapter to yourself?
0: I have. Yeah. I, in fact, I read it a bunch before I submitted it because I didn't it, – it, it did, originally I wasn't going to submit it. I was like, you know, nobody wants to read this. And then, and then, you know, nobody cares. And then, and I read it, and I was like, you know what, this is actually pretty good. And then I started to feel <laughs> good about it. Not about. Yes. I didn't necessarily feel good that everybody would relate to it. I just felt good that I got it out of my body on paper. And it was, it was like kind of mm-hmm. an exorcism, if you will. And yeah, and uh, yeah, and and so, so I was like, you know what, let let's go do it. Yeah, I'm gonna make myself vulnerable here. And, and that's exactly what happened, and, and you know, since then, um, you know, thing, things have happened, opportunities have presented themselves, but, but I, want to, I want to go back to what you were just saying, mainly, you know, one of the things I learned which made a huge difference, and this is, again, in recent readings uh, over the last couple of years, is I became aware of, you know, the part of your brain that's designed to protect yourself called the amygdala. And, and I think mm. that's the right pronunciation. Uh, and and so that's what the caveman, you know, the instinct that was in us from, you know, thousands of years ago that said, don't go out of the cave, you're going to get eaten. Or, you know, don't mm-hmm. go in the ravine, you're, you're, you know, you're, going to, you're going to fall off a cliff or whatever. So it's designed to protect us. And, but one of the things mm-hmm. it does, and it works against us, and if you don't know that this works, then – Notice tomorrow morning when you wake up, the first thing you do when you wake up, if there's a little voice inside your head that says, man, let's just hit the snooze button, that's the amygdala, right? It's just trying to keep you warm and safe. And what it does Mm -hmm. is it talks you out of pursuing opportunity. You know, gosh, why write that book? It's going to be a failure, and you're going to be embarrassed, so why not just be safe? And that's what the little voice inside your head, the amygdala, does. And so you have to be aware of it. Learn from it, be cognizant of it, learn how to shut it down, uh, and, and then you know, once you push through, you know, then, then you push through. Then you get it, and, and you have to fight right. to continue, right? Don't fall back into mm-hmm. the same habits, but, mm-hmm. but don't, don't self-loathe because your brain is telling you not to do something or because you got this procrastination because everybody has it. It's hardwired into our brains for thousands of years. You just have to be one of the few people that recognizes it and say, okay, I got it. Now I know what you're doing. You're trying to keep me safe, but I want to go achieve. Uh, and, and, mm-hmm. and you do that, and then literally the world is your oyster.
1: Mm-hmm. True. That is really true. You know,
0: the reason why
1: I asked if you had read your own chapter, now, of course, you've read it and reread it and edited it and all this. I, I understand that. But, I mean, after it's published, Actually, go back and read it mm-hmm. as if you are the reader, not the author. It gives you a whole different right. perspective you know and they it and me. um mhm, it encourages you you know' thinking, whoa, I, I wrote that <laughs> because you don't understand how how at the time the spirit is working through us, your heart is pouring out into that page. And um, you know when you're working on it, you, it's like you can't see the forest or the trees. But after it's said and done and wrapped up and sent off, and you come back and you read it again, you're like, "Wow, I said that. Wow, it's a beautiful thing, what's inside of us. And, and everybody should experience it. Um, in your chapter, you're talking about, you know, if if uh, about reading, and if you're not growing, you're dying. True, and then you said to read something positive and productive, you know, for 15 minutes a day in the morning. That was that's a great, great tip. I also believe that when you do that, you get inspiration. It's like you're feeding yourself, like, and then you have to release it. That inspiration in your own words, in your own process, you release it naturally. You take in, and it's just like breathing. Take it in, and then exhale. And if you're not if you're not inhaling, if you're not taking in any any anybody else's breath by reading, you know their thought processes, you're stagnant, and that's what you're talking about when you're dying. You're not breathing anymore.
0: Yeah, the, I really like Very, point. very <laughs> true. In, in, in the th- thank you, Lee. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I found is that, and, I, and I've and I've heard kind of been reminded of this or learned about this through other people's philosophies about the same thing over, you know, in recent recent weeks, but, you know, reading something positive in the morning, and, and when I say in the morning, I like to do it first thing in the morning, like when I wake up, uh, and and I wake up, the first thing I do for 20 minutes is read, and uh, it, it just, it does set your mind into having a positive day. You know what I used to do? I used to get up and turn the news on, and boy, you talk about the most counterproductive awesome. thing that you can do to have a positive day. Um, and, and so, you know, no phones, no nothing, no news. Read something positive. But you know, someone said to me recently, he goes, you know, my my uh, my uh, my drill sergeant back at, at you know at uh, at my training in the army, um, he told us that the first thing we should do when we got up is make our bed because. You, yeah you do you know you you have a victory you've completed and accomplished something first thing in the day, which sets your sale you know on a positive course, which is very, very true. Other people get up mm-hmm. and they do ten push ups first thing in the morning, they get their heart pumping, you know get their adrenaline going, and they've done a little exercise. whatever it is for you, I'll tell you that the first hour of your day, I believe personally sets the tone for the rest of your day. And, and mm-hmm. you know, whether whether your mind is positive, whether you're productive, whether you feel good or not, I believe all of that is developed in the first part of your day. And so the other thing that's a big myth about entrepreneurs that I want to debunk right now is hmm. you can sleep when you're dead. Uh, you know, entrepreneurs <laughs> don't need to sleep. Right? That's crazy. You got to – I is. mean, listen – I got to have my seven and a half hours of sleep at night. Uh, you know, sometimes uh-huh. I get eight, sometimes I get, you know, seven, sometimes I get six and a half. Oh, and occasionally when I travel, uh, you know, internationally, which I do a lot, you know, uh, you know the first couple of nights, I don't get that much, maybe four or five until my time adjusts. But but the nights, and in, in when I get my sleep and I can get up and get on my schedule, have, read something positive, work out in the morning, I'm set for the rest of the day. And so Mm -hmm. to think or to be shamed that you want to sleep seven hours a night uh, is just absolute garbage. You get your sleep because your sleep is where your body repairs yourself. It's where your brain repairs itself. It helps everything about your body work correctly. And one of the things, going back to the whole conversation about energy, everything is connected. And so take care of your whole body. Not just yeah. one thing. Take care of your emotion. Take care of your intellect. Take care of your physical uh, well-being and, and your physical mm-hmm. fitness um, and your diet. And everything starts to operate much more like a well-oiled machine. And, again, For something sure. I didn't learn to later in life. Yeah. But, you know, what's so
1: beautiful about what you're saying is that that's loving myself. That's, that's learning rude. to love myself first. Yep. Getting my sleep, taking care of myself, feeding my brain. Yeah. I, you know, accomplishment in the morning, all of that, you know, that, and that sleep, it is so important. And to be part of that five o'clock club that you're talking about, you're going to have to adjust some things. You know, you're not going to be able to watch TV till eleven, twelve, one o'clock in the morning. You got to turn that off. <laughs> you got to right. sacrifice something. Yeah, and then just say, you know what, that's enough for the day for me. And why am I even giving all my attention to this? That's the, um, you know, it's like a short-term fix. If you turn on the TV and you're entertained for an hour, two hours, three hours, whatever it is that you're sitting in front of the TV, you're giving all of your energy, your creativity, everything to this box. And at the end of ten right. years or twenty years, what do you have to show for yourself who wants that? you can't create a legacy by giving your energy to that box
0: or the phone or well, media and that goes back to to again setting those goals right and then mm-hmm. and then once you once you really are focused on a direction and a and a not necessarily call it an endpoint, but, but an achievement, right? And then you set, you know, more achievements after that. But once you, once you get yourself set in the direction of achievement, then you can make the right choices. Okay. Well, do I really want to, you know, watch the rest of this game that is going to keep me up to one, or do I want to go ahead and go to bed at halftime at 1030 so I can get up and go to the gym in the next morning, right? So I can be fit, so I can have this productive right. day that's going to help right. me get where I want to go. So that's, that's the other reason why you know having a direction and a clear set of of achievement goals, you know, or, or life goals or whatever goals that you have are so important. So you can during those discretionary moments, you know, you can make the right decision.
1: Mhm. That's exactly right. So um, I I am thoroughly enjoying this conversation. I I'm getting so much out of this conversation, Jeff. Thank you. So much. I mean, we still have ten minutes to talk, but just I just want to let you know that as a as a listener, I would be like, yeah, I was a reality check. There's a reality check for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what am I doing
1: with my life?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's important it. too, Mary Lee. That people, first of all, thank you for the kind words. And I, you know, I, as you can tell, I'm kind of passionate about this because it really has made. Mm. Uh, a huge difference. This kind of mind shift and this self awareness and this self love, and, and the gratitude has made made a huge difference in my life. Not just in the way I feel, and the way I look, and the way way I I you know look at things, but also, you know, it's it's helped me come back and have, you know, a, a degree of success that I had earlier in life, but really enjoy it, have a balance, and and not let it slip away like it like it uh, did before, uh, you know, and, and you know, kind of being being aware of that. And and this is this is you know, this is a great has been a great journey for me. But for those of you that are listening, if you're listening to this and you're saying, Man, I really need to self check, well okay, you do probably, you know, but don't beat yourself up because I can tell you uh-huh. that all of these things that I'm I'm suggesting that you change are Things that I had to change and things that I had to do and, and things that I wasn't aware of and I became aware of and I'm awfully glad I did. So don't, you know, don't don't think uh-huh. that we're sitting here pontificating and preaching. No, we're, we're, <laughs> we're like saying, come over to our side because we were yeah. where you were and it's better over here. That's That's what yeah. that's all about.
1: And, you know, I think you, you start to, to submit and appreciate awareness. It's like, thank you for telling me. I wasn't even aware of that. I didn't think about it. I've, mm-hmm. I've never even self-reflected. You know, so when somebody who's already walked some, some story that you're in, they're like, wow, okay. I can see clearer now. And you, it's like you get that breath. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's like you're breathing life into me. This is what we need to do. This is what we do for each other. I walk that. I'm going to take a deep breath, and I'm going to speak, and I'm going to speak life into you. And it's like, oh, I needed that. Yes, I need organization in my life. I need to take care of myself, and I need to sleep. I need to accomplish something first thing in the morning. That's what I'm going to do. You know, you start making decisions, and those decisions, Become action, and then that action is motivating and encouraging, and all of a sudden you feel like I really am in control of my life.
0: I like this. This is independence, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then guess what? With the, here's the here's the even the most here's the most exciting part about this is that when you do that, and and just just you know these some of these little changes we're talking about doing, just try them for a month. But more importantly, try them for a quarter. Try them for 90 days, for three months. If they don't make a difference, okay, then then, then they, they don't make a difference, right? And, and you can go about, mm-hmm. you know, doing whatever it is that you, you, you choose to do. But I, I know they're going to make a difference. And the most exciting part about it is, is that as it, merely just described, your flame is going to burn brighter. But the most exciting part about it is is that you're going to motivate other people to do the same thing, yes. the people that are around you, that notice mm-hmm. the change in you, you're going to motivate them to make a positive change in their life. And just imagine what can happen if that chain reaction went viral.
1: Exactly. That's how we change the world. Each individual person yep. taking control like that. Mm-hmm. Yep, being accountable for their own independence and feeling good, their happiness. Feeding themselves, it's wonderful. It's a beautiful existence instead of always being pulled at and demanded from. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I got to go to work and I got to, you know, meet all these goals out here, or I have to pay all these bills, or all my taxes are coming up, or all the holidays are. You're always being pulled, 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 pulled. instead of taking control and saying, wait a minute, I own this day, and this is what I'm going to do, and the rest is really an illusion. It really is. Because the universe starts to shift according to our will. It's like, okay. So you're thankful. Yeah, when you're thankful, the universe is okay, I'm going to give you more to be thankful for. <laughs> it's kind of a cool thing. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, it's, right. It's it's attitude. It's attitude. It's being um, joyous and happy and grateful and the universe says, "Okay, let's let's give her more of that because we like this. This feels good. This is what we want."
0: But if you're in this, you know, um, these, are, these are the kind of things that you can learn collectively. You know, in fact, you know, there's there's all kind of books I can recommend. I won't go into that. I, I the first book I recommend you read it's Crack and It's Good Volume Two for sure, uh, and and you'll learn, you know, from, from each of the authors in there. But but. All these little brain hacks – I'm going to give you another brain hack for success okay. right now. All these little brain hacks mm-hmm. make make it, you know, provide, um, you know, a profound difference individually over time and collectively in the immediate. So one of those mm-hmm. is just change one simple word because what you just described a minute ago uh, it made me just just describe the word or just – uh, conjured up in my mind the word lack, and, and all of this lack mm. in the world uh, and, and, you know, in, in limited thinking, in, in, I want you to make one change in your vocabulary and change the word want to the word choose. And I learned this mm. from, from a, a behavioral economist, economist uh, not long ago, someone that I work with, and, and think about this, like, you know, what do you want, you know, out of life? You know, what, what would you like? Do you want a million dollars? Do you want $10 million in the bank? You know, right. Whatever it is, the word want means mm-hmm. lack. It means you don't lack. have. Mm-hmm. But, Correct, but the yeah. word choose means this is, this. I'm, I'm going to get this. And so I choose to have $10 million in the bank. I choose yeah. to lose 20 pounds. Sure. I choose to take a vacation every quarter. You know, and, and just that simple, just if you try that, feel the difference it makes in your physiology at the time of saying it. It's a huge difference. And, and that's another little brain hack that um, if I you employ, it will make a profound difference.
1: It really does, and it does already because the whole idea of to choose it means that I have a choice. It's I'm empowered. I'm empowered now where before, yeah, my hands are tied. It's lack. I want something, but I have no idea how to get it. But if I choose it, it's like I have a choice, and now I can get it. It's empowering to me because everything else I didn't choose. I chose the Mercedes. But I, I just didn't choose the beamer. It, it's like, nice. okay, now I'm going to go get it.
0: <laughs> I exactly. like it. Mhm.
1: It's it's it, everything in life is a choice. So choose it. Don't want it. I love that. So it has been absolute pleasure talking to you. I love everything. And one one more thing I wanted to say though is uh, in your chapter you're talking about two books that you really did uh, suggest, and that was The Richest Man in Babylon by George Clason and Unshakable yep. by Tony Robbins. Now, what
0: made you choose those two books? Well, because again, um, well, well, let me just say this. I made a lot of money in my life early in my life, and I lost it all virtually mm-hmm. uh, through a period of time. And so over over this period where I've been digging, you know, back and climbing back, the one thing that always popped into my mind was, man, I wish I hadn't have spent my money on that, or I wish I hadn't have done that, or I wish I hadn't have made that bad investment. And it's a learning process, but had I done exactly what George Klausman talks about in the richest man of Babylon, and which is, is the guiding principle of that book is ten percent of what you earn is yours to keep. But have just taken 10% and put it in the bank. You know, if I hadn't sold a bank stock that my parents gave me when I, when I graduated high school to invest in dot-coms in, you know, 2000 and, and you know, and ended up losing it all, right, then that bank stock would be worth, you know, $500,000 or whatever the number is now. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. and so don't, don't spend your money. Invest your money. Don't waste your time. Invest your time. But do the same thing with your money. So that was the George Clausen thing. The unshakable thing. With, with Tony Robbins was, in fact, his first book, Money Master the Game, which is an expanded version. It's not as easy of a read, but it's a longer read, mm-hmm. but it talks about what you can do to put your money to work for you. And the reason – I mean, and, and you could sum up a lot of what he said in the book in about a five-minute conversation, but the reading of the book puts your focus on what you – what you need to do, and therefore when you, when you, as, as, you know, from from the Snoop Dogg song, you know, I got my mind on my money and my money on my mind, when you have that on your mind as well, then again, it stimulates that imagination to have you go choose to make more. So choose to make your money work for you. Choose to invest your money wisely, not, not haphazardly uh, because you'll learn later in life that money doesn't grow on trees, and so right. it's it's not it's not having a ton of money. It's it's having enough money to do with what you want. And the most significant thing that you can do, the thing that gives me great joy, and I wish I could do, and I will do, and I choose to do more of it going forward, is to give it away. And yes. in, unless you're a good steward of it, you won't be able to right. do as much of that. And so there'll be a little right. bit less. Gratitude for you, so that's why I recommended this book.
1: Wonderful, Jeff. Thank you so much. We are out of time. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. And for all the listeners, if you want a copy of Cracking the Bridge Code 2, it is available on Amazon, or you can get a copy from Jeff at jmac.com if you want it autographed. And if you are interested in being a co-author, you can contact me at merrily at Britventure.com. Thank you, everybody.